welcome back to Eyes of Invader, a podcast where I talk about spies who have changed the course of history. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about David Greenglass. If you are new here, well, hello to you, and I hope you'll enjoy listening to this story. And for those who have come back for this episode, thank you for listening to me. Now let's dive into today's story. As a spy who turned his family in, I don't care. I sleep well. Green Glass told correspondent David Morgan decades later while he confessed of lying on the witness stand. The Green Glass and Rosenberg case was one of the most sensational pieces of news of Cold War era United States. It was year 1950 when the public came to know about the deeds of David Green Glass and the Rosenberg. Green Glass had not only confessed to being a spy, but also confirmed about both his wife and Julius as co-conspirators. He promised the government his full cooperation in exchange for immunity for Ruth Green Glass. But just before the Rosenberg trial, Mr. Green Glass changed his story. What really went down in that short period of time, which caused this sudden change, and how did the Green Glass and Rosenbergs reach a point where they stood against each other? It wasn't always the case. Green Glass grew up on the Lower East Side of Manhattan in a household that believed Marxism would save humanity. He was an ardent preachy communist drafted by the army in World War II, but no one took him very seriously and much less believed him capable of spying. The youngest of the four children, Green Glass, had displayed an early aptitude for machines and gadgetry and often went to movies instead of helping out his father at his repair shop. He was not well educated, but to share luck, his skills as a machinist led to his assignment in 1944. to the Manhattan project at Los Alamos where America's first atomic bombs were being developed after being picked to replace a soldier he had lied on his security clearance report and was assigned to a team making precise molds for high explosive lenses used for nuclear core interestingly no one had ever cared to ask if he had ever been a communist In 1942, Greenglass married his childhood sweetheart Ruth. He was working as a machinist when he was drafted into the army in 1943. By the time David had married his wife, he was already under the influence of his brother-in-law Julius Rosenberg, an electrical engineering major who was embodied in leftist politics. Julius encouraged David's interest in science and persuaded him to join the Young Communist League. Ruth too had joined the league and attended political rallies with Ethel, David's sister, and Julius. Mr. Rosenberg, already a Soviet spy, learned of his brother-in-law's work and instantly recruited him. Security was often lax at Los Alamos, with safes and files, cabinets left unlocked, and classified documents lying on desks. Mr. Greenglass had no need for Hollywood spy tricks. He kept his eyes and ears open. And in mid 1945, sent Mr. Rosenberg a crude sketch and 12 pages of technical details on the bomb. Greenglass met Soviet agent Harold Gold in New Mexico to hand over his first batch of secrets, sketches of a high-explosive lens mold, and a list of co-workers who might help in spy work, and was paid $500. 
that September, after the Japanese cities Hiroshima and Nagasaki were destroyed with atomic bombs, ending the war, David and Ruth Greenglass visited the Rosenberg's apartment in New York. What happened there later became a matter of life and death, for as Mr. Greenglass delivered his latest spy notes, a woman, which is unclear to this date, either his wife or his sister, sat at the typewriter and typed them out. By then, the Soviet Union, once America's ally, had become a Cold War enemy, which hunts for suspected communists were underway and spy networks were being broken. However, the importance of green glass stolen information would later be contested. Both Soviet and American experts would categorize his notes and sketches as relatively unimportant, providing at most intricate details of already known things to the Soviets. But Ethel Rosenberg's fate would turn on these notes, which were never recovered by the investigators. David admitted passing secrets to Mr. Rosenberg, but refused at first to implicate his sister. But just before the Rosenberg trial, Mr. Greenglass changed his story. It was told that Ruth informed FBI agents that Ethel had typed his notes. He supported his wife's account and agreed to testify against his sister and her husband. His confession was key to government's case against Ethel Rosenberg, Greenglass' sister, and her husband, Julius. During the trial, referring to Ethel Rosenberg in ringing hyperbolic phases, the chief prosecutor declared, in inverted quotes, just so she had, on countless other occasions, sat at that typewriter and struck the keys blow by blow against her own country in the interests of the Soviets, end quote. At the close of the trial, the allegation was used to maximum effect by federal prosecutor. The jury found the Rosenbergs guilty of conspiracy and the presiding judge sentenced them to death. Appeals failed and the Rosenbergs, who rejected all entreaties to name collaborators and insisted they were not guilty till the very end, were executed at Sing Sing on June 19, 1953. Greenglass was imprisoned for his part in a plot to steal atomic secrets for the Soviet Union. His testimony was key evidence in the trial against the Rosenbergs, his sister and brother-in-law. After a century later, Greenglass confessed to Roberts that he had no memory of Ethel typing up his notes. He said, I frankly think my wife did the typing, but I don't remember. Until today, it remains unknown as to what degree was Ethel involved in her husband's spying. Greenglass, on the other hand, had insisted that he had tried to save his sister by leaving her out of the story and that it was foolish of the Rosenbergs to admit to court. He remained estranged for the rest of his life from the Rosenberg's son, who were 10 and 6 when their parents were executed. If he ever encountered his nephews, Greenglass said, he would tell them he was sorry that their parents were dead, but would not apologize for his part in their execution. I had no idea they would give them the death sentence, he had told CBS News. Greenglass went on to spend a decade in prison for passing nuclear secrets and later admitted that he had lied about a crucial part of his incriminating testimony. He died on July 1st, 2014 at the age of 92. And that brings us to the end of this story. It is also important to remember that Rosenbergs were the first spies to give in death sentence in US.
I hope you guys had fun listening to this amazing story. If you did, please follow the podcast and share it with as many people as you can. I'll be back with yet another story of an extraordinary person hidden under the pages of history. Thank you for listening. Thank you.